<laughs> Fantastic. So this is little Judah. Say hi, Judah, everybody. <laughs> We've been practicing that. No, he's just always adorable. So this is Judah. So you wouldn't believe it, but Judah is five months old. Now, the thing about Judah is he didn't come out this size, um, <laughs> thankfully, for all involved. Um, and as you can tell, his pants are a bit big for him. He's just gone up a size in clothes. But Judah has grown insane amounts since he was born. In fact, you know, he's, he's lifting his head up. He's starting to eat solids, which is a whole new experience for everybody involved because it is a mess. Like, I, I thought breastfeeding was, like, messy. No. Banana is disgusting and messy. Chicken does not smell or look that great when it's been pureed. But he's eating it and he loves it and he thinks it's hilarious even when it's all over his face, don't you? (laughs) He loves people. He's been around people all week at Synod, so he just loves being the centre of attention. But what kid doesn't really? You see, there's a part of us as parents, and I'm sure of you, uh, those of you who are parents or have seen children ever in your life, you expect them to grow, don't you? You expect that they're actually not going to stay 52 centimetres long, but they're going to grow into those pants that you got given, even though they're a size one. There's an expectation that they're not always going to need you. He just still does, thankfully, for now. They're not always going to need you to feed them. At some point, they're going to feed themselves. At some point, they're going to take that spoon out of your hand and it's not going to be a terrifying experience of your couches or floor getting dirty, but it's because they are sustaining themselves. You love it, don't you? (laughs) Welcome to the next 18 years of your life, Judah, up here. (laughs) You see, there's there's an expectation that for us as uh, parents, Tim and myself, that Judah's going to grow. We've planned for it. We've brought the clothes... We've brought the high chair. I've brought all the Tupperware devices I need to feed him. And there's more I need, Tim. But it's not just that we're just going day by day waiting for this next step to happen, but we celebrate it. I put it on Facebook. I put it on Instagram. I text my family group chats. I sit there waiting for him on the floor with my camera ready, waiting for him to roll over. He hasn't quite done that yet. He just sees the camera and thinks it's hilarious. But we are celebrating every single step he takes. Every single step, well, not yet, but one day, every single step he takes. At the moment, it's just every single reach for the toy he makes. Or when he puts the toy in his mouth instead of on his forehead. That's what he was doing in the car. We were celebrating him. We were like, yeah, Judah, in your mouth, not your forehead. That is a wooden toy. It must hurt. But it is such a joy seeing that. Tim, do you want to come grab him before he, you know, becomes a complete distraction? Say bye. Say bye to everybody. Bye. Come to dad. (laughs) He's like, oh, I can't see any people now. You see, there's more than just parenting where we have this posture of expectation, planning and celebrating growth, isn't there? I don't know about you, but... Maybe it was just because I've just been pregnant, but I have a whole section of clothes in my cupboard that I will get into one day. Yeah? (laughs) You guys have that? No, we don't have clothes that are too big, do we? No. We don't expect or plan to, to grow that way. 
although I have just packed up my maternity clothes. But there is items in our wardrobe, there is jeans, there is jumpers that we have because we expect and we are planning to fit back into them one day. We're about to move house and I think some of those clothes are probably just going to go to salvos because I don't think it's ever going to happen. But there is areas in our life when we know we're going to grow, we're going to develop, we're going to change. I wonder if you have spaces in your life where you have that same expectation, where you have that same planning, that same hope. And maybe when it does happen, those times of celebration. We just had uh, Nathan Pullman's 21st birthday party last night. We celebrate these things. We celebrate growing up. We celebrate adulthood. We celebrate graduations. We celebrate, you know, getting a new job, moving house. It's a natural part of us as humans for us to want to move forward, to change, to become better, to broaden our understandings, to be challenged, to know more, to learn more, to be able to do more. Now, yes, sometimes we need to be in the moment a little bit, but we can't help it, can we? We can't help wanting to feed them solids. We can't help wanting to put them in the jolly jumper just to see their little feet go up and down. We want to, yeah, see, he loves it. I wonder if you have this same posture with your faith. I wonder if you have that same expectation that tomorrow, next month, next year, you're going to have grown. You're not going to be the same person. You might be eating solids. I wonder if not only are you expecting that change, but you're planning for it. I wonder if you've put spaces in your calendar, times in your life, because you know you're going to be different. You're going to know more about God. You're going to have a deeper understanding of who he is and who he's created you to be. Are you planning that? I wonder even if you in your own life, in your families and as a church, are celebrating these growth and developments. Now, I've seen it because when I come to Barry's house to eat his food, and I hear these stories about people coming to faith through this church. I hear stories about people stepping out in their own faith to share their faith with others and people hearing it. There is a spirit of celebration in this church, and I wonder if you are celebrating it yourself if you are celebrating the development of those around you, but you're also acknowledging and praising God for the ways he's stretched you and your faith. The passage that we've got today is from Acts. So you've been reading through this passage, I hear. You read the passage uh, before this section in chapter 10 about Cornelius. But we're going to go to verse 27 to 28. And it says, While talking... Yeah, that's different. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to read this one. I'm not sure if I put the wrong one up. Sorry, that is definitely my fault. So it says, what I think is while talking to him, 
This is Cornelius. Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, this is Peter, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. This is Peter, the one who was said that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit would build his and their church upon him. This is Peter, the one who was with Jesus, having a revelation that there was more for him to know than what he knew a whole chapter ago. You see, Peter thought that there was a difference between the the impure, the unclean, and the clean. But through that white sheet message, that white sheet vision, Peter was challenged. His understanding of God and his mission broadened. And he realized that he should not call anyone impure or unclean. Peter was a different man after God revealed more to him. You see, this is a natural part of being Christian. We should expect it, we should plan it, and we should celebrate it because God is going to bring you a fuller and more understanding to which you have now. All that you know, all that you sense, all that you've read, God is going to show you more than what you know today. You see, even Alyssa brought it up today, didn't she, in the passages that God showed her earlier in the week. God, who has begun a good work in you, will continue that work until the end. God has begun. It is the start. It's not saying God has done the good work. God has begun the work. There is more in your life for you to understand than that in which you know now. You should expect this. You should expect that God is going to show you more tomorrow. You should expect and perhaps humble ourselves a little so we don't know everything. I'm sorry. (laughs) There is more that God has for you, not just in in what you're going to do in your communities, but in how you're going to understand him. So plan for her. Read scripture, seek him, come to church, worship his name, listen to podcasts, talk to people, open scriptures together, but plan for the fact that God's going to grow you. It's just a natural part of humans. It's just a natural part of our faith. So how are you doing? Are you the same person that you were last year? Maybe. Maybe you fit back into the genes that you've been planning to. Good on you. I just had to buy more. That was my plan. (laughs) How are you doing? Are you postured towards an expectation that God's going to grow you? Do you come to church each Sunday? Not really mattering what the sermon says or or what's prayed. Because you want to come and worship God. That's great. That's good. But you're not necessarily thinking that you're going to know more. You see, I, I, when I was worshipping at Gawler Uniting, the morning congregation there, 
they had been going to church a little bit longer than I had. Probably about 60 or 70 years longer than I had been going to church. You see, and when I stood up there preaching a message from a parable that they have heard so many times, like, what could I bring? What fresh revelation could I bring? Because they, they've heard it all before. You see, but some of them came knowing that even though they've heard that passage before, God still wanted to teach them something new. God was still broadening their understanding of who he was in their life. So how are you doing? Are you planning to grow? Are you planning to be stretched? I'm not saying you have to like it. (laughs) But are you expecting it? Now, when I talk about God broadening our understanding of who he is and, and, uh, you know, knowing more and learning more, it's not that we can just head in any direction. You see, when Judah is growing up, because he has insanely fast, it's not that there's a right way for him to grow up, but there's a direction that we're leading him. We're going to teach him how to use a spoon. (laughs) We're going to teach him how to crawl and walk. It's not that I'm just mindlessly letting him do whatever he wants and learn whatever he wants. But as his parent, I don't think I've said that many times, as his parent, I might know what's best for him at this time. Don't tell my mum I said that. (laughs) Because I know that the next step for him is to crawl and to walk. And I know after that, it's probably to go vote. (laughs) But there is a direction. There is something in mind I have for him. It's not that he can just learn to use or do whatever he wants. But I want him to grow and be stretched in a certain way. You see, and I think that is what God has for us as well. It's not for us just to be stretched and grown in whichever way we choose he has an intention for us. There is a truth. He is the truth. And he wants to reveal that to us. We see Peter, in the, in the, later on in the passage, when he's speaking to the people who he now realizes it doesn't matter if they're clean or unclean, he just preaches straight gospel to them. In this new revelation of, of what God has shown him, his response so just to preach the gospel truth to them. You see, Peter wants to challenge and broaden the understanding of those who he's talking to. Peter isn't satisfied with what they know about God. He wants them to know the truth about what Jesus has done for them. The passage goes, And then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. 
how anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead and on the third day, on the third day, and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one whom God appointed as the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, and everyone who believes him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. If you're ever wondering how to communicate the gospel, maybe come to this passage as a starting point. This is what God has done. And when Peter was sharing this truth to those who did not know, when he was broadening their understanding, when he was stretching them, he came back to a couple of points. He shared of his experience. He talked about the fact that he sat with Jesus. This is what he has experienced. It's not that he's just saying it, but this is what he's experienced. He used tradition. He talked about what was promised. And he used scripture. All the prophets testify about him. All the prophets. He comes back to that which was said already. You see, when God broadens us, it's not just in any direction. But we can know if it's perhaps in the right direction when we come back to these kind of framework. What does our experience say? What is the tradition of our church? Does this, is this kind of like opposite for what we've done for 2,000 years? No, we don't, shouldn't hold that completely, but what have we been doing? But, first, but really, it comes down to what does Scripture say? What does the Word of God say? Because if God is broadening your understanding, or if you think God is broadening your understanding, and it goes against something that's written in the Bible, maybe read the Bible again. You see, God's not in, in the business of completely changing everything in just your life. But the truth that's always been there, we need to come back to. You see, here's the kicker of how we know if, when God's stretching us if we're heading in that right direction. Verse 44 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, so while Peter was proclaiming the truth, while Peter was stretching the people around him, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. You see, God's Spirit is still with us today. And when we grow and develop, it is God's spirit and the working of that spirit and the fruit of that spirit that is evidence that God is still working and moving. I don't know, you guys have a playground outside, right? Yeah? It's a new one over here. It's pretty fancy. You've got a fence around that playground, right? Because there's some busy roads. You don't want the kids to 
run onto the road or something like that. <laughs> I think when we talk about God stretching us, there's, sometimes there's a little fear. Maybe this is just because I hang around with people uh, from various aspects of the church. But there's this fear that in our theology, our understanding of God, that we're kind of going to fall off the cliff. That when God's broadening us, we're worried that he's, we're going to go too far. Now, this might not be you, and that's okay. But the way I think about it, or the way that this picture I have in my head, is imagine a playground on the edge of a cliff. Pretty bad placement, right? Maybe a little bit back from the cliff, 10 metres back from this cliff. Imagine uh, you're, you're a child, or an adult, actually. Adults can play on playgrounds. Imagine you're wanting to play on that playground. I know too many people that are so worried that they're going to theologically fall off the cliff that they stay back at the playground. Now, let me just explain this a little bit more. There is space between the playground and the cliff. There is this big gap that is untouched, that's unplayed, all this space to... To, to run and to have fun and to live, there is space between the playground, which is where we are now, and the cliff. But we're so worried about getting too close to the cliff that we stay all the way back here. Let me say it more bluntly. We're so worried that we're going to theologically fall off the cliff that we just don't worry about what God's going to say. We don't let God broaden our understanding. We don't seek what his word might say. We don't try to hear from different voices. We don't try to listen to different preachers, listen to different podcasts. We're so worried we're going to fall off the cliff of what we think truth is that we stay all the way back at the playground. But there's so much we're missing out on, isn't there? And when we stay all the way back here, too scared to grow... There's a big gap of God that we're not even being able to experience. And I know too many people that are so worried about what's all the way over there that they don't even experience any of this. But you see, we put... See, Barry used this analogy in a different context a couple of years back for me, but God puts a fence, metaphorically, there is a boundary. You see, when we put a fence up by the cliff, if you can picture that, all of a sudden we're more open to play in that playground area, aren't we? Does that kind of make sense? That if we're so worried about falling off the cliff, we stay all the way back, but if there's a fence and a boundary around the playground, we're going to play in all that area, aren't we? You see, if you didn't have that fence in that playground, they're probably just going to stay right on the slide. But because you have a fence, the kids can run around everywhere and be completely safe. Does that make sense? I don't want to say it again in a different way if you're all on board. <laughs> I will, though, because so much in here. I haven't preached in six months. You see, there are things we can do to explore God further and more, but not worry about falling off into the ethos of theology. And part of that is this thing called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. 
Now, I'm not going to go into too much of this because I didn't put a slide up and it makes more sense if there's a slide, a little diagram. But it's simply this. What does Scripture say? When we're broadening our understanding and God's revealing more to us, what does Scripture say? Is this against the Word of God? No. Okay, cool. That's a good, a really, really good starting point. What does our tradition say? What does your tradition as a family, as a church, as a uniting church, as Parafield Gardens, what does our tradition say? What is our experience of the Holy Spirit? You see, this Holy Spirit is still working in us. He's still revealing things to us. But it's not anything against the truth that has already been proclaimed. You see, God's going to stretch us. And if you're worried about falling off the cliff, if you're worried about heading in the wrong direction, growing in the wrong direction, then I think you should you know, bring this up with your small group leader, if you guys have them, your key, your key groups. Be in a key group. These are areas where you can flesh it out, to start to ask questions, go, I think God is saying this to me. I think he's saying this, but I'm not sure. Bring it up with your leader. Put in a little prayer request to Barry. Whatever you need to do, because you should expect God to be growing you. You should expect that what you know now is not all that there is. You see, God is going to stretch this church. What's your mission statement? You have a living? Come on, no, no, Barry, you don't. Don't you say, Barry. What's your mission statement, everybody else? Inviting, growing lives. Come on, someone from the back. <laughs> growing, inviting others. All right, shining, shining Christ. Fantastic. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They weren't expecting a barrier. It's fine. <laughs> you see, God has put a mission and a vision on the hearts of your leaders and this church, and it's. A- going to involve inviting others. It's going to involve shining the light of Christ. And it's going to involve growing yourselves. God is going to stretch this church. What you think God is going to do in this place today is not enough. What you think God has in store for this church next week is not enough. You see, there is not enough chairs set out in this room for what God is going to do. God is going to stretch you as a church. What you think you can handle now as a church, what you think you can handle now as a church council, God has got so much more in store. How you understand church to be, how you understand what the mission of this church to be, God is going to stretch that beyond what you can even imagine. You see, God has begun a good work in this church. God has begun a good work in this church. And he's going to continue to carry that to the end. You see, I wonder today, if you're willing 
to step out in faith and say, God, I don't know everything, but I'm going to expect you to grow me. God, I don't know everything, but I'm going to plan for you to grow me. God, I don't know everything yet, but when we as a church see the fruit of you broadening our understanding, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate the work you are doing and have begun in this place. Not because we've reached it. Not because we've reached that peak understanding. But we're going to celebrate because you're going to do even more. I wonder today if you're willing to let go of those fears you have, those fears of not understanding, those fears of what God might ask you to sacrifice, those fears that maybe you were not quite on the mark. I wonder today if you're willing to let that go to see God's kingdom come in this place. At the end of the service or in the songs, I'm not quite sure when you do, but you have a time of prayer. And I know that's a time of, of healing uh, for, uh, and asking and praying to God for healing. But if you're in this room and you've realized that you've been in the same place for too long, you haven't gone up a size in clothing yet, you're still in double zeros instead of zeros, if you've realized that you want to change your posture, to seek God and to broaden your understanding of all that he is, then perhaps come down and ask for prayer in in the way that you guys normally do that. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are so, so good. Heavenly Father, there is not enough stars in the sky for us to count, just as that there is not enough time on this earth for us to fully grasp all that you are. Just as we count the stars in the sky, Lord, may we try and earnestly try to seek you and who you are in our lives. Lord, you have begun a good work in us. May we become less so that you can become more. May we approach your throne in worship of you, expecting to leave this place different. As we worship your name and we sing your praises, may we be willing and open to hear your word in our life. To take us from the place we are now to the scary, perhaps unknown, to take us to this deeper place of clarity of all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen.